Hey guys, welcome back to Teen Muscle Radio and episode number 20. So today we are joined by uh, a very, very special guest and it feels kind of surreal uh, talking, to, <laughs> talking to this guy um, because I've been following, for, following him for so long. Uh, but yeah, today we are joined by uh, Alberto Nunes of Team 3DMJ um, and I'm sure that plenty of you, um, most of you at least, uh, will definitely know of Alberto. Um, so, but anyway, if sort of you guys have been, again, sort of living under a, a rock uh, in terms of natural bodybuilding, then uh, Alberto, I'll let you sort of give a brief introduction about who you are um, and yeah, go for it. All right. Well, I've been bodybuilding for a very long time. Um, very long time. I've been lifting weights since I was 16 years old and I was one of those things where I didn't even expect I'd like it. It was just something that I was always encouraged to do with sports but I always found a way to like not find myself in the weight room um, and then my first actual honest go uh, during some one idle summer I was like wow this is this was meant for me and then it became something that I just felt like this, the sports that I picked anyways, there wasn't enough time dedicated to weights, at least not the way I wanted to lift weights. And, um, and that became kind of, kind of an issue because I wasn't really looking forward to my sports anymore. I was looking more forward to time spent in, in the weight room and getting stronger and progressing. Yep. Um, so, um, yeah, I've been lifting since I was 16. I think 19 is when I decided that, hey, you know what, these other sports are just – they're just not making me as happy as they once were. I think we'll only lift weights. And uh, from that point onwards, it's been, um, I wouldn't say <coughs> super bodybuilding specific, but I think fairly early on, I knew that uh, being a competitive bodybuilder is what I wanted to do. And perhaps a natural bodybuilder, um, when I first started, it just wasn't very popular. It was kind of a, an oxymoron, a natural bodybuilder, right? And and there wasn't too much influence, uh, or at least, you know, like positive testimonials as to like why you should. And um, somehow along the way, I'm like, okay, this is this is it. This is what I'm going to. I'm going to keep it natural, stay natural, um, make it very very hard to, to gain muscle. Um, however, I, I feel that between like um, ages 16 to now, I'm 33. Um, even though I haven't put on as much muscle as I would have had I taken the other route, mm -hmm. I think in regards to what that has allowed me to, to learn um, and therefore contribute and help others uh, just far exceeds anything that I, you know, I think I could have done via the other route, no matter how much success I would have had in it. And um, nowadays I, I roam the natural bodybuilding planes with um, my cowboy friends at 3D Muscle Journey. Mm -hmm. and that's uh, Eric Helms, Andrea Valdez, Brad Loomis, and, and Jeff Alberts, all uh, respected, well-established coaches um, in the natural bodybuilding and powerlifting world as well. And with Andrea now, great too. Yeah, awesome. That was a brilliant introduction. And uh, I'm, <coughs> like I said, I'm sure that plenty of people know you and already follow you. You tend to be... Uh, Sort of, you're you're very widely followed, especially on Instagram. Um, you could almost be uh, sort of called Instagram famous. So, um, I'm, like I said, I'm sure people know you already. But that was a great introduction. Um, so, my first sort of question is, um, just can you give the listeners just a little bit of context uh, behind your uh, competitive career and maybe just focus on the very very beginnings uh, the humble beginnings of your uh, bodybuilding endeavors um, especially with regards to just just competing as opposed to lifting uh, so maybe just touch on uh, your first few uh, competitive outings and potentially just briefly how they went um, I recall that uh, yeah as soon as I stopped sports um, it was or other sports rather, uh, I needed some. I needed to do something competitively. Like you know, just the, those pickup basketball games I was partaking in just didn't really quench that. I recall wanting to compete in, at NPC nationals, uh, teen NPC nationals out here. Um, but I am 
I won't say I'm an overanalyzer, but I'd love to be overly prepared. And um, it was my last year as a teen, and I just I didn't feel that I would go in there and do as well as I would have hoped. So um, after that, um, I just kept falling victim to the same thought process where, you know, the, situ- the, the, the time in the year where I'd have to jump off and start a contest prep diet would, would come, and I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'll take one more year to gain. And um, initially, I thought that was kind of a bad thing. I was like, man, you know, just quit being such a chicken. Just, you know, jump in there and do something. Um, but I think long term, it probably led to, to just um, more success immediately once I did start competing. Um, so I, I'd say I started to look into bodybuilding and potentially competing, I'd say somewhere around 2001, 2002. Okay. I didn't make it on stage until 2007. And it was a very, very misguided effort. Um, however, I think one thing became very clear that once once I did get up there, even though my efforts to, to come in as lean as I thought I needed to come in didn't quite work out, um, that all that time kind of spent stutter stepping, at least to some extent. I did, I, I did think it was stutter stepping because I wouldn't commit to a contest prep. Um, it led to a very well-developed uh, physique. So by the time I did get up there, I was like, oh, wow, I have enough muscle to you know, com- be competitive. Um, I'm just not quite lean enough. And then the next year, we finally we did it again to kind of make up for that last season. And uh, th- that suspicion was confirmed. I ended up um, earning pro cards in just about every natural federation that meant anything at the time here in the U.S. And that was partially my plan because I wanted to have options in regards to where I compete. Um, but looking back now, I think it it was one of the two options I feel that as a young um, physique athlete, there's probably two major roads that like I think they fit most. And I definitely took one of those. I mean, without knowing, of course, but yeah. that was definitely in hindsight, hey, one of the few things I can say that in my youth, in my start, um, I did quite okay at was like deciding to take that specific route, which was like waiting a while. For sure, yeah, that makes sense totally. Um, and I think you know, do you think that um, potentially, if you hadn't, if you'd been more aware of the natural scene, <coughs> especially as an as opportunities for teenagers or juniors? So under the age of sort of 23 to compete, do you think you maybe would have jumped the gun potentially a little bit sooner and competed as a younger individual if, you, if you'd been more aware of that? Um, that's a good question. Um, yeah, at the time, natural bodybuilding was just not very, you couldn't go online and just you know pick a few shows. It, it didn't work that way. They were still getting word around via flyer, basically. It seemed, yeah. Um, so yeah, the options were quite limited, and whenever I would look into competitions, it was usually the the big enhanced local shows. And yep. C- California, like enhanced local shows, are like quite the daunting task. So I think that's one of the reasons why I, I guess I supercharged it up, if if you will. Um, but I, I do think that. Had there been more, yeah, uh, more, a more obvious natural platform for me at the time, I definitely would have jumped on it. And I think that's one thing that a lot of the the young athletes today have to. You guys, you guys got it really good. Um, you guys know that like that it existed. You have that route, and there's options in regards to where you can compete. And it's here's a big one, right? It's cool, right? It's yeah. not like it's thing and the cool factor is severely underrated sometimes so it's a good time to be a young physique athlete natural physique athlete agreed um and i think you know the reason i asked that question is because i sort of came from a similar background to you in the fact that i did have lots of other competitive sports that i played prior to bodybuilding and bodybuilding I needed something to attach myself to competitive wise um, I needed to compete to fuel that passion and I think if 
if I hadn't have been so aware of the the natural scene, it, it would have been more difficult for me to jump that gun. And I think I potentially would have gone into, you know, maybe powerlifting, etc. I would have found something. Um, but it's interesting how things have developed since obviously you competed. Um, and I agree, there has been big changes. And now, you know, the options you have, especially in the UK and uh, the US, uh, are so huge, especially even for teens. Like some of the teen lineups are are insane. Um, and it, it is really incredible. Um, so, one, the first sort of initial thing I wanted to touch on in terms of the topics of this podcast is um, that's for context as well that's take into account that um, you have say a, a young individual and by young I mean under the age of 23 uh, come to you via 3DMJ um, consulting for coaching um, and they want to obviously start a contest prep um, the first question that I have is 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 there anything that prior to the contest prep you would be looking for that younger athlete to have done or to be doing in order to maximize that initial starting point? Yeah, you know, I think depending on the person, and this goes for um, for adults too, yeah. I think I'd like to see two to three years of you just kind of living the lifestyle uh-huh. and enjoying all the things that, um, a lot of other people might not find very enjoyable, you know, getting your protein in, you know, making sure making sure that, you know, you, you have a good understanding of, of how nutrition works and maybe even experiences a few experience a few fat loss phases, some some periods of caloric restriction, not too many obviously, because yeah. that can have adverse effects and mostly psychological, but um, just like making sure that um, you have a firm grasp on just a few basic concepts that you love this. Um, uh, I think that's that's probably the first thing before you decide, okay, I want to I want to compete. I think especially with um, a lot of the newer divisions, it's it's a little bit easier to compete a bit earlier on in your training. And what that does is, it allows some people to skip through some of those phases. So they get a gym membership, um, they hire, you know, local coach X, yeah. and, you know, coach is like, all right, this is your training, this is your nutrition. We have five months till our first show. Um, and that, that, that line of thinking, that assembly line process just doesn't sit well on me. And, and I think that, um, yeah, I think had I not loved every minute of this, I think at a certain point when I was 16, 17, and you know I was bringing protein bars to school, um, yeah, it was I was kind of it was kind of odd to my friends, but I loved every minute of it, you know. Um, muscle mags in my backpack, and yeah, it was just a part of me at that point. Um, and I would say that the only thing, and this kind of goes back to like, do you like this? Is this really your thing? Um, had I competed earlier, I, I feel that that's one thing I would have gotten. Like I would have uh, got to experience, um, I guess, the contest prep, contest prep grind, and I guess the the act of actually being a competitive natural bodybuilder. Um, and I would have gotten to have a fair assessment as to whether or not I actually enjoy this. Um, but I think even before you get to that point where you're like, all right, let me give this a trial run and see if it really is what I think it, it, it will be. Um, you need to love this and it just needs to become almost part of like your culture, you know? Absolutely. I think that that's one of the biggest things that's overlooked uh, in natural body, in bodybuilding in general anyway. It's, you know, you wouldn't like, it's it's a very big task you wouldn't become like a professional athlete or do something like you know play football at an elite level without having the time on the pitch where you just love kicking the ball around with your friends you know it's um it's something that i always preach to people that maybe ask me you know what do you know when when i should compete or they, they ask for my opinion and it's I usually, even before I, I would even consider looking at 
their physique, their structure, their muscle. It's like, are you in the gym, you know, four or five times a week? Have how long have you done that consistently? Um, and I think that that yeah, it's just massively overlooked. And sometimes people think that the prep aspect is going to make them fall in love with the gym. Um, and actually, sometimes I've seen people fall out of love with the gym as a result of a con- competition prep. Um, uh, it, it becomes a struggle. Do you agree? Because you know you, you get to that point where you're fatigued, you're tired, and that your your passion for training has to really be strong to to push through that phase. Um, and yeah, so I totally agree with that point. I think the the other thing that I sometimes find difficult with younger individuals is they they sometimes it's harder to gauge where they are um, from a um, a muscular development standpoint Um, do you think that uh, there's any way you can sort of gauge that as a coach Uh, potentially you know you've got someone young coming to you and asking whether they're in a position to compete Uh, how do you gauge that as a coach and is there any examples where you've perhaps said no now's now's not the right time and how have you dealt with that um, yeah, I think before I, I go in that direction, yeah, I can I will confirm what you say, what you what you just said that that, that the whole what a contest prep is going to do it's it's really going to test um, this uh, this love you have for lifting weights and watching what you eat. It's it's going to at times be something that you don't necessarily look forward to. And towards the end of a contest prep, that's probably the one thing that, more than anything, I feel, um, that I kind of, um, I, I can't wait for it to be over almost, is, is the fact that every once in a while, I'll have these days where I'm like, I, I'd, I'd rather be doing so many other things other than like being here at the gym today. And um, that's just not like me. Um, so... But a a young athlete tells me he's ready, he wants to do this. Um, First of all, are you physically ready? Um, There'll be some some age groups where perhaps they just, there's really almost no chance that they will outside of a few unusual cases. Um, How close are they, I guess, um, are they, I guess, physically developed enough to, to, I guess, Go out there and not be disappointed by the way they look, and, and actually like you know have a fair shot. And um, I, I would say that a very simple way to kind of just gauge this is, is just like um, uh, secondary, um, I guess, sex characteristics. So you know, um, like you know, the, the kid is like, oh, I posted a picture of Jeff Alberts on our 3D Muscle Journey Instagram page the other day. Yeah, it's like 17 right. years old. Yeah, like, I think he had like facial hair. He had like just fur and spots where right, and super muscular. So like you, you look at him and you're like, oh, you're just one of those kids that, you know, you're just a little a little ahead of other kids. You know, mm-hmm. you're probably like a little bit closer to the man version of yourself than than, than your peers. Um, so you know, you could look at those things obviously, but um, I would say <coughs> probably with um, with um, Younger competitors, you want them to focus more than anything on um, the experiences, as as cliche as that sounds, and fine-tuning a lot of those skills that are going to be useful to them later on when perhaps they're better able to compete. Because, I mean, honestly, like the difference between a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old, that could be quite a bit. Um, So they, they might have to share the stage and... You know, in most cases, a 16-year-old is going to be at a huge disadvantage. So, I think more than anything, it's a good time to prime them on, like you know, hey, like we're going to like you're going to learn why having deloads like scheduled ahead of time, both dietary and and training deloads, is a good thing. You know, why sleep matters. Um, you know, why um, being disciplined and and you know doing certain things that sometimes maybe you don't want to do or sometimes like stopping yourself from doing things is a skill that's going to be of great use to you for a very long time so I think for a younger individual um, I would say um, first thing among anything besides like how they look and and, you know are they going to be competitive is are they taking this with with the 
with the right approach in mind, and that is it. It's going to be a great time to learn. Your first prep is. surpass your first prep something went horribly wrong from from that point forward but um, but yeah I'd say um, it's a good time to take notes for a for a young competitor should you choose to compete early um, more than anything else more than like having a physique like I don't know like a lot of those abnormalities that you might be see sometimes floating across social media which seems to be all we really ever pay attention to I think <laughs> yeah that's uh definitely something I would agree with and I think social media is is almost pressurizing the younger generation to compete potentially too soon um, and I think that you know if 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 an individual is in the teenage category or a junior category they should look at you know like you said they should look at the bracket and are they potentially optimizing that that period of time for example if they do want to be sort of a, a teenage champion is competing at 16 17 18 the right plan or is it you know you take 16 17 off and compete at 18 or, or 19 you know so i think looking at the the longer term is is probably the best idea for for a younger athlete um, and that's something that you definitely sort of hit on there um in terms of uh, potentially getting the client on board and you know say everything's okay everything's ready to go ahead into a contest prep phase um is there anything that you'd straight away do differently in terms of the potentially the time needed for an extended fat loss phase for a younger client and also i have a really question about would you even sort of set a show date for them? Uh, because if it's potentially their first ever serious fat loss phase, isn't it quite difficult to gauge exactly when they are going to be lean enough? Um, and would you think that potentially not setting a, an, an, an actual date is going to be potentially more optimal for a younger client? <coughs> All right. Um... <laughs> back up here for a minute um, you know I think that probably I mean besides like getting uh, I would say that almost getting lean enough and, and I, I hate to break this to maybe teenagers that are um, maybe at some point you know they're listening in they're like hey at some point we're gonna get 3d muscle journey to to help me um, get into the best shape possible. I want to be like, you know, um, Instagram famous. I don't know, Teen X or something. And 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 to me, um, you, when you are working with um, young athletes, it's your responsibility as a coach to leave them in a good place. Um, I help them build a good foundation for the rest of their career. And in regards to just getting peeled, 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 like, you know, a lot of those um, really noteworthy physiques out there, um, it's, it's just not a good time for a lot of teens. I think um, a lot of, mostly, I think in the past people, or in recent times even, people tend to focus a bit more on what uh, happens physically, you know, like... Um, a lot of the hormone issues that, that do come with uh, um, long-term uh, fat loss phases, especially those that really push you to those ultra-lean levels. Um, but but to me, I think the biggest stuff, the stuff that tends to have the biggest carryover is, is the, the mental stuff. Um, and that's where you want to be the most careful when it comes to these young athletes. And uh, I would tell a 16-year-old who maybe is listening right now that they're like, no, dude, I got this whole being peeled thing. Um, I'd say all the way up until maybe my mid-20s, the uh, how, much, um, how much more mature I got every four years was almost like clockwork. Like, you know, mm -hmm. from 12 to 16 to 20 to 24, um, I can almost say the same gap that was there from like 12 to 16 in some ways was there from 20 to 24. 
um, and coping skills. That's that's a huge one. That's one that it just takes time, and that's one thing that you're going to need a lot of to if you are going to prep and, and push it that hard. Um, I don't think my first prep I could have. Now it's just like, hey, whatever, you know, just another day in prep. Um, so I would say that especially with a, a younger athlete, you're going to have to be a lot more um, patient. Um, hopefully there's a good communication line so they can really tell you how it is that they're feeling. And, and again, you, this is this is skill building time. Uh, it's not a time to build your best physique ever, uh, but if you do focus on the skill building aspect of things, honestly, you're going to surpass anything you would have done had you just focused on that bottom line and getting as peeled as possible. So, um, so yeah, I would say that first and foremost with physique, with, with young physique athletes, um, you're going to have to be a bit more gentle because um, I, I know so many former physique athletes, they're now doing something else, either just recreational bodybuilders or maybe not their powerlifters but they had one contest prep experience in their teens that to this day they, they can't shake off and they've tried numerous times and these are often uh, even now like very uh, well-adjusted uh, smart intelligent self-aware adults who just they, they, they can't they can't they can't they can't lose 10 pounds they can't lose 15 pounds and um, it, it all goes back to that that first little fathom they encountered when they were they were they were in their teens. So, yeah, I'd say be very patient. And um, again, like you're not going to build the most awesome looking physique in your teens, but you can build a foundation that I think uh, a lot of people out there, including myself, um, foundation not just in regards to again physique, but just some of the basic fundamentals that I wish I would have had. I totally agree then again <laughs> like honestly I think the mental fortitude aspect of uh, contest prep um, and something that we've just we, we've really touched on here which is so important is that what what you are like prior to the prep your 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 mentality is is going to massively dictate whether you're able to sort of get through uh, unscathed um, so to speak and I think this year um, when sort of I've been working with younger guys, uh, the tendency for them to think that, or the tendency for them to have very high expectations of getting extremely lean, it sometimes does them a lot more bad than good. Um, and what I mean by that, I don't know if you agree, is they'll they'll stress out incredibly easily at the result of their progress not going in the right direction potentially because they've not done this before and they're not aware of what it's like when things aren't going brilliantly um, and that just massively stunts their progress um, so I think yeah again agreed uh, the mental aspect of um, throughout and prior to the contest prep is, is super important yeah, I mean, a lot of adults don't leave. Uh, and, and here's a, here's a kind of uh, another thing to take into consideration. There's, I've known quite a few adults who actually, prior to the prep, they were always kind of that lean person who just like lived the lifestyle, who people were like, hey, you should compete. They compete. And then after going through that experience, they're just like in total shell shock and they're never quite the, the, the same afterwards. Mm. It's not for everyone. That that that's that's for sure. Even some would be very likely candidates. Um, so I think it's something that yeah, I think teenagers should definitely, definitely, um, um, just really double check the small print on. In, in that, first of all, you don't have to compete. You can you can be a bodybuilder without um, necessarily, you know, getting yourself down to those insane levels of body fat. Um, however, I think. Again, I didn't compete early on, but I, I feel that looking back now, one thing I would have gotten from it is like, ah, there would have been some skills I would have developed a bit sooner had I done it right off the bat. Um, and I think that's that's probably the first thing you wanna, the first reason you wanna prep above anything else, so that you can be really good later on, and not necessarily so you can be really good now. Of course, that's easier said than done, and I, I don't know if I even would have completely have 
bought into that advice mm-hmm. when I was 18, 19. Sticking on the subject of um, initial preparations for a minute, um, is there any sort of characteristics or similarities in terms of their skill set um, that you've seen with younger athletes coming <coughs> to you that have done potentially very well? Um, so just any, anything that you've potentially noticed that is fairly similar? Um, I would say that uh, one thing that most young people across the board tend to do a little bit better, this isn't quite as common anymore um, because things have changed for, for the better in the last decade or so when, when it comes to you know everything fitness, but um, most teenagers, even if they haven't counted macros, they can like figure that stuff out like right away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one or two weeks later, they're building some like really extravagant menus and mm-hmm. there's are, are thanking you because now they finally cook for themselves, right? <laughs> um, they're eating more than just like the five foods they were eating prior. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're very quick learners. So the, 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 obviously the a young mind is quite pliable, quite adaptable uh, to, to new information and they just hit the ground running with things. Um, so that's something that you see across the board. Uh, and then within, like, the, I guess, the, the high achievers, um, I would say that for sure, um, athletes that come uh, from some sort of previous athletic background, I feel like that helps tremendously. You know, whether it be martial arts, they played organized sport, they kind of understand the role of the athlete and the coach. Um, and they they kind of know when to just lean on the coach and like let me make executive calls on, on certain things and and when perhaps they you know they need to tell me how it is they're feeling and they know how to differentiate the difference between I'd say good pain and, and bad pain um, so yeah I think and to add another layer to that I think um, athletes uh, uh, young athletes who are former athletes in other sports and then all while being I guess um, stellar stellar students as well because they've really seen at that point if, if you want to do both really well um, you're going to have to get good at the whole time management thing and with a contest prep that is definitely something that at some point um, you're gonna have to get really good at is managing your time efficiently so and that's something that doesn't unlike the learning thing, doesn't come quite as naturally to a lot of young people. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, when it when it comes to um, sort of what I've seen with, with some younger guys, it's, it's definitely that they, they tend to have a, a good concept of things um, prior to even giving them a protocol. Um, and it's more so with, that I've found, it's more so with sort of nutrition wise they tend to have a pretty good concept of consuming enough protein and eating enough calories um, and, and just being consistent with that that's something that I've found uh, with younger individuals that, that they've potentially done well um, but something I have found and sort of moving on to the next topic um, something I have found with uh, younger individuals is they almost potentially start off on the wrong bat when it comes to training protocols and I think that this is because maybe they're maybe they're following the wrong people, maybe they're getting the wrong ideas, or or maybe they think that you know uh, I don't know. Sometimes I've found it difficult to control a younger individual's uh, <laughs> work ethic or uh, you know want to train a body part until they can no longer move it, um, and. I think trying to get them to transfer onto something that's potentially optimal has sometimes been difficult for me. Um, so obviously, what I'd like to do is get as many many opinions or, or, or valid point of views on the podcast, so people can learn. Young individuals can have the the confidence to 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 go onto something that's more optimal. Um, so when it comes to training, and, and maybe not specifically because we can't really massively specifically relate it to a contest prep but training sort of protocols in general what would you say in terms of the younger bodybuilder 
uh, would you do specifically in terms of setup um, for, for for training? Mm. But uh, yeah, that's probably like you said. You know, the macros and all that stuff is is very. I think they, they they hit the ground running with that. But the the training, um, I mean, when I think back to my teen years, it was like, man, so I slept twelve hours a day. I didn't necessarily have a job, like. You know, mm-hmm. my worries were like that. I didn't have an extremely high work capacity, so I can get away with just kind of going in there and like white knuckling it every single day. Um, but as you know, it only takes you so far, and it's going to be really hard to to be great um, via that method unless you're like one out of I don't know like a thousand people who. <laughs> that's honestly, that's probably about right. Um, who can get away with 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 uh, such an approach? And even those people would probably be that much better, which is scary. Had they if they actually had something that made a little bit more sense long term. Um, for most teenagers, yeah, I, I'd say that the the earlier you can get them to buy in to. Um, having an and and this is where I think they will actually they probably will have to in most bodybuilders this is kind of how it works because even with a lot of my old school bodybuilders the older guys that come to me who want me to take care of their training because they've been doing it a certain way for 20 something years now and and they're having a hard time progressing anymore um, we will look at the fact that the whole, you know, having a structure for your nutrition works, you know, keeping track of your fat, carbs, and protein works. So, hey, when we do that with, you know, frequency, intensity, volume, it seems to work just as well, and we can get unstuck from situations. Um, So, I'd say that um, initially, when you're trying to have someone recover from that, um, probably the best way to kind of get them to jump on board is to not take everything away, maybe just take certain segments of their program. Um, and as they see that, okay, I'll let you take care of my bench press because I hate my bench press. And here we are four months later and they're like, wow, my bench press has increased 17%. Um, I'm still squatting the same and my back hurts and I just haven't made progress in other areas. And they started giving you more and more. So I'd say that the best way to have someone have someone give you the controls that uh, you want, um, so that they can actually learn what actually you know what actually works, is to just take a segment at a time, um, and the evidence will be there. And then eventually they'll be like, okay, we will deload a little bit more frequently than like whenever we're hurt. Um, and you know, it's not about you know, going 105% every single time we're, we're in the gym. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely about meeting athletes halfway. It's kind of the same way with nutrition where, you know, you will get people every once in a while who maybe have never followed a actual program and, uh, or, or a flexible dieting type of approach. And um, I'm pretty sure most of your listeners are familiar with, with that um, and what that outlines. And, um, and maybe you have to start off with a menu and then you're like, okay, meal four? Last meal of the day, you do whatever you want with that meal. And then they're like, oh, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. I'm still losing weight even though I'm picking a new kind of ice cream every night. So um, so same thing goes with training is, you know, you want to inch there little by little. And eventually, hopefully, you have full athlete buy-in. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that I, I sort of potentially hadn't really thought about in terms of taking it little by little um i'd usually just try and give it them all and 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 get them to accept it and sometimes it it was difficult because they they wouldn't accept really any of it and they'd continue with potentially what they were doing initially in terms of you know maybe they'd follow the exercise selection but they'd just end up doing drop sets and to failure and their training spreadsheet was looked like you know bombs hit it and i'm like what are you doing um, yeah. And you know you, you feel you feel like you're losing the reins, but I think definitely going steady and maybe trialing trial and error with some some movements would be a wonderful way to take a, a young trainee into potentially what's optimal. Um, so I like that a lot. Um, in terms of uh, sort of maybe 
mistakes that you see uh, younger trainees making when it comes to just their overall structure uh, what would you say is the most common thing that you see uh, young trainees doing wrong in the gym obviously you know they can make great progress doing crazy things but what do you think most people are doing wrong at the moment So it's like the exact opposite of that really old guy at the gym that hurt himself uh, doing some interpretation of a squat at some point and he comes up and he tells you like, I used to squat and now I'm hurt, you shouldn't squat. And it's like, you probably never actually did squat, you know, just like by watching you, everything else you're doing, it was, you call it a squat, but it probably wasn't and that's what hurt you. Um, with, with younger people, it's the exact opposite. They have. They've never, in most cases, have experienced any sort of weight room injury. And I would say is perhaps having a technique that, that is not timeless. And by timeless, <coughs> sometimes you can do something or, or move a weight in a manner that um, it got to that lift right then and there. You got your reps that you wanted. You got the weight that you wanted. But can we add anything on top of that? So we've all seen that person that you're like, yeah, they did it, and that was impressive. But like their thoracic spine was like rolled over on that like back squat PR. I don't think we can like progress with that. Um, so I would say not making yeah timeless um, technique a a high enough priority because um, when you stop and and if you were to stop most lifters, serious lifters who've done this for, we'll throw just a number out there like ten years, and you ask them what's been the one thing that slowed you down the most, it's, it's, it's hardly ever is it like, oh, I ran some crappy programming the last, the first three or four years. Usually it's some sort of injury. Um, so I would say that having a yeah, technique that, of course, like lets you progress in a correct manner for a long period of time is, is key. And then also, by default, that timeless technique is also going to help you stay uh, healthier. And that's, that's super, super important. And that's maybe, I know something when I was, when I was younger, I didn't think about like I would, I would go lift weights, go play basketball. Someone would go into my knee and it would bend in the weirdest way, and I'm like, I'm squatting tomorrow. I'm fine. Um, it was just a much more fresh body with with less mileage. Um, but um, but yeah, I would say that don't wait until you're hurt to actually start, you know, making that part or uh, taking preventative measures to to avoid that. Um, if you could, the if people who can avoid being hurt, that's one of some of the freakiest, strongest people are people who I know have done an excellent job of, of doing that. Uh, Bryce Lewis is a sensational example of that. When you look at yeah. deadlift was in the mid 400s, no one knew who Bryce was, but here he is, you know, deadlifting over eight now. When you look at the average between four and eight hundred, and how much he put on every single year, it's nothing out of the ordinary. He's just never like taking a step back because he yeah. he doesn't really get hurt. So, you want to be that freaky strong person? Don't get hurt for fifteen years, and people will like mm. think you're an abnormality. That's a really good. That's a really good comment there. I think that again with like what we spoke about when it comes to nutrition then younger people just getting it and understanding it i think younger people get progressive overload and they get that they should be adding weight to the bar to get bigger but what they don't get is that at some point um their linear progression may slow and there are ways and means to get around it uh, whereas i think the ways and means that they get around it is they get hurt and then they maybe find the more optimal route um, I don't think that sort of personally I got hurt I just got reminded that I was mm -hmm. going to get hurt if I continued to do what I was doing um, and you know I, I remember sort of as little as as little as two years ago getting sort of called out on my squat being like a half rep by a guy that was coaching me <laughs> and I was like oh okay well that's not a full squat so I I started full squatting and obviously made great progress from there as soon as I started to squat well. Um, same same with deadlift, same with bench presses. It's, it's, it's all accustomed to itself and I think 
that is some that is a really good point for for young individuals to take away is that if you do want to get extremely strong you shouldn't you shouldn't get hurt and you should be taking the more optimal route when it comes to progression um so yeah i really do think that's that's something that a lot of people will probably uh, write down as a take home point um so when it comes to um setting up uh, sort of a younger athlete's and I sort of want to quickly touch on this a younger athlete's uh, nutrition uh, for a contest prep obviously we touched on earlier about the fact that you wouldn't want to put them off uh, possibly competing in the future uh, or put them off the idea of bodybuilding whatsoever so would you be more inclined to take a, a, a maybe a potentially a, a slower less aggressive approach to a contest prep um, and maybe just outline quickly how that would potentially work in terms of maybe calorie cuts, etc. Um, I, I would say it would probably slow down more so because we'd have more frequent diet breaks. Um, okay, I see. Maybe somewhere, to, maybe every four to five weeks or something like that. Wow. Um, that that's that would probably be the main thing that, that slows things down. Um, and, and then kind of in, in the back of my mind, I would have a, and I think I can do this now because I've just, I've been, have been helping people get ready for shows for just like ever now that, that I have, I have a general idea of how I'm going to let this person get before I really start giving him the, the Spanish inquisition. And I just like, so how are you doing it's your mom on the Skype because like she's going to tell me whether or not what you're telling me is true um, mm -hmm. you know all that stuff um, and I kind of go back to and I, I will finish this this answer but uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> tangent. Um, yeah there was a few years back where I had this um, this young lady I was coaching who it, it kind of I remember at the time it broke her heart when I was like, you know what, I'm not going to push you much further than this um, because uh, I thought a lot of her behaviors when it came to food weren't necessarily um, timeless, right? Um, there, was, there was a few things that I just, uh, that were just so out of her ordinary that um, I'm like, we'll just kind of hold it here. You look really good. You can do really well, but I don't want you, I don't want this to be the, the last prep you, you, you ever have. Um, and <clears throat> after the contest prep, we, we talked and she was, she, she expressed how she was very disappointed with that decision and that she wished we could have pushed a little bit harder. Um, and I think it's been a total of about four years now since that prep. And it's funny because it's the exact opposite now. It's like, wow. Um, she totally understands where that came from and why we did what we did. Um, so yeah, it's it's, it's odd because you totally feel like a parent sometimes. Because I mean, there's things that our parents tell us, and, you know, and and for the teenager that hasn't gotten to the point where you're you're a, a young adult and you can think of things that your parents told you as a teen that you're like, ah, I get it now. Just go back to when you were like eight or nine, and and there was times where your parents were like, oh, you you can run with can run after your sister with, with scissors. That's just probably not going to end right. Um, and you'd understand at the time, but I think that's one of the importance of, of having a coach. And that's one of the reasons that, again, former athletes, they, they, they've had that coach-athlete dynamic over and over, and they understand how that works, and they understand that coach in general is, is, is like it's they're there because they want to see them do their best, not because you know we want to slow down their, their growth. And if anything, the goal of a coach is to, like, long-term make it faster than it would have been otherwise um, so um, so yeah I would say that um, you might want to have a few landmark body fats that you're like okay this is like a a fun safe body fat for this person to hang around at um, and then we'll have a really in-depth in chat about how they're feeling how they're doing when it comes to everything else in their life their friends their family school that sort of stuff um, and I'd say the main thing that slows it down is going to be not necessarily the rate of loss. Um, young people tend to be very predictable, and I just think it's because usually their, their need expenditure just tends to be uh, a little bit more consistent throughout the day. Um, but 
they do need more frequent breaks, I feel, because again, their ability to cope with caloric restriction is still a fairly new skill, or should be in most cases. So, um, so yeah, diet breaks is probably what's going to slow it down, because again, if you're doing it every four weeks uh, over a 24-week diet, that's, that's six diet breaks that you're going to have. But um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think they're 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 much needed uh, for for younger athletes. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that I potentially could have done more frequently for myself. Um, I think the reason that that would have helped me is is because I I was potentially I was well I was lean for a long period of time, um, mm -hmm. so. When, when when I did get to that stage, it was very difficult to maintain um, because I was trying to get leaner and leaner, and it, it wasn't paying off. Um, and 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 that that at that point, I definitely think that taking a diet break or or having someone instruct me to take a diet break would have been good. And I think alongside that, I I made sure that I learned from that lesson in in the people that I coach, and I sort of made sure that I was understanding what the, the, what was going on and I think when you sort of talked to me about that 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 girl that you were coaching it, it, it's obvious that you had a good relationship with that person because they could demonstrate you could understand what was going on with their relationship with food etc and I think that that's something people need to realize especially when they have a coach it's like you've got to be as honest as possible um, and really relay what, what the current situation is. Um, and something that I, I took, especially from you guys, is sort of the idea of, of getting athletes to check in via video format rather than written text. And that's yeah. something that's massively helped me in terms of determining how an, how an individual is actually feeling because it's quite easy to hide behind uh, text. Um, and I think that that's something potentially people need to realize. Yeah. Yes, you'll get that report that I'm, I'm okay. Just I, I don't have time this week. Here it goes. Like, no, that's probably not what it is. Send me a video, and and I don't care if it's late. Send me a video, and then you'll see exactly how how they're doing. Um, yeah, and that's 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 a big part of being an athlete is kind of knowing where that that limit is. Um, and a lot of people aren't necessarily comfortable with even saying that there is a limit, that there's this, that they have like will tanks that can only hold so much. Um, but again, a great coach athlete relationship comes, comes into play. And, um, yeah, if, if you do it right, you can help impact a young person's life in ways that extend far past that contest prep for sure. Agreed. Yeah. I think that, you know, the main thing people should should take away from this is that it a lot of a part of a successful sort of young athlete is going to be behind the the nutrition and the training and, it, and it's more to do with the sort of the mental side of things as opposed to maybe the physical especially when it comes to sort of just getting over that initial hurdle of the first contest prep um so to wrap things up Alberto, I'd, I'd like you to sort of give your honest opinion as to younger athletes competing and maybe just give your idea as to whether you think an individual sort of under 20, let's say, should should be competing um, and maybe give the, the sort of the pros and the cons to to, to someone doing so and, and give your actual opinion well I think bodybuilding in general is like for more people than people believe I think if uh, more people should be lifting weights eating a high protein diet and you know when they think of you know mass population when they think of, of fitness they think of cardiovascular fitness and like that's that's very incorrect way of of looking at it, I feel. Um, so more people should be bodybuilders, I feel. Should more people be competitive bodybuilders? Um, probably less than there is out there. Um, mm -hmm. And I totally understand, like, you know, you're, you're scrolling through through social media and, and you see a physique that inspires you and, you know, you look a little deeper into it and you're like, wow, this looks like fun. It looks like something I'd like to give a, a, a go at. Um, 
I can understand that because that's kind of how I started. I think I picked up my first, it was a WNBF magazine at some point, and it was the first time I'd seen like natural competitors, and I'm like, hey, this this looks like fun, and the shows are really hyped up on here, and it's like, hey, I can see myself doing something like this and hopefully being on one of these magazines at, at some point. Um, but I feel that, especially now for a lot of people, it's just like it's almost like the trendy thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of other trendy things you can do that are like, I'd say, um, going to be a whole lot healthier um, than taking up a competitive sport, like, like yeah, like, like uh, being a physique athlete uh, across any division, from bikini to, to all the way to bodybuilding, just because of just how demanding it's going to be at times. Um, it's 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 just a can of worms, and I think it's something that should be best left like for the people who like legitimately like yearn to push themselves in that manner, you know, um, and not necessarily. There's this one really good quote, and I've, I, I I I my my friend Devin posted it. He was quoting someone else, so this man's not going to get credit for it because I don't know where it came from, but. Um, mm-hmm. It went something along the lines of like you know some people um, like to bodybuild and then some people like themselves in bodybuilding you know um, yeah. and and I'm like yeah I like to bodybuild and I think like if this world like if Armageddon happened I was the last person on this planet at some point once I got my stuff together and I created a weight room and protected it from all the wild animals I'd probably like. <laughs> At some point, I'd probably emaciate myself for fun and see, <laughs> you know, how muscle to fat ratio I could like weird muscle to fat ratio I can I can create and see if it's better than last time, you know. Um, but I, no one would be there. There'd be no one to see my selfie. It'd be like purely because I enjoy the process. I love everything that goes into that. Um, yeah. And I think that's the thing that people need to ask themselves before they jump into it is like, why are you doing this? And you need to have external motivation fine that's good we all have some of that in there but um there should be a part of it that's like simply just for you absolutely um and i i think again you know the the things that we've we've hit on are so true for younger competitors when it comes to deciding whether they should take that leap or not um and uh, I think that you know it, it, it totally depends on on all all the variables that they're trying to control. It, it it's all dependent on whether they are ready or not. Um, and quite often you, you won't find out until it's too late. <laughs> and um, that's unfortunate, obviously, if that does happen. But hopefully, you know, if anyone is listening to this and does do the right thing and take the points home, then they will realise that they need to potentially consider um, sort of their, their starting point from a, a mental mentality perspective and you know whether they're going to be able to, to sort of see it through um, so yeah I definitely think there's there's been some some wonderful uh, take homes from from this podcast um, Alberto and um, I'd like to really really thank you for for, for spending some some time here and uh, and uh, yeah giving up your time today. I know you're a bit under the weather as well, so I really, really appreciate it. And um, before we go, just basically I'd like to give you a chance to sort of um, give uh, people uh, links to wherever uh, they can follow you. Uh, If they're not already, they probably are. But just sort of maybe say where you're most active uh, on social media and where people can follow you. Yeah, um, YouTube, Team 3DMJ channel, that's where we, myself, my squad, Team 3D Muscle Journey, we, mm-hmm. we, we're pretty active there as a team, uh, and, and then from there we're all active on Instagram, um, I'm very active on Instagram, often Snapchat, but um, mostly Instagram, and we, we, I think we do a pretty good job of just um, keeping things fun, educational, um, and and yeah, we're always looking for new people to jump on board. So if you haven't, check us out. We do some pretty cool things, all of us. And um, yeah, next year I will be prepping. I'll be prepping, and 
uh, I really I want this to be my year. So I will emaciate myself to the point where I will be unrecognizable. And I'd love that. I love it. Like I, I honestly do. I can't wait. So follow I'm that. I'm really excited to follow that. I'm really excited to follow that. And I think, um, you know, I'm probably going to be, if not, well, I will be prepping as well next year. So I will be using <laughs> your vlogs, your updates as, as motivation. I think the the first time I, I potentially reached out to, to 3DMJ was, I remember watching uh, Jeff Albert's prep vlogs. So I watched all of them and yours, of course. Um, and I reached out to Jeff a long time ago about um, how they how they helped um, because I, I won I won one of my shows and I just had to thank him because I felt like they pushed me through to get to get lean enough. Um, so definitely I, I would hundred percent recommend uh, anyone to follow the channel and definitely look back like select the old videos and watch the very old ones because they're they're super interesting and very raw and just someone speaking in front of a camera with a headset on and <laughs> it's uh it's it's all good <laughs> the, the ever-changing face that happens during contest prep um yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's awesome now it's, it's definitely great stuff um and yeah again alberto thank you very much for your time today and uh yeah for for all the listeners please give the the podcast a, a like if you're listening on youtube um and share it about to sort of anyone that you think uh, will benefit from it and uh yeah keep 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 subscribed and stay up to date for episode 21 and i uh, thank you guys very much for watching alberto you got anything else to leave no that, that is uh that is it stay healthy live hard and, and love what you do Cool. Thanks, guys.